This is the Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck, and with me is Uncle Derek Armstrong. Hello. And long-lost sister Blake Curtis. Ah, uh, see, I wanted to be the grandma. I want to be Nene. <laughs> now, this is actually our second tape of the intro because we do realise that our my original title, even though it was not intended to be so, could be construed as accidentally racist. So now you're calling attention to something that previously I did not know, exist. I know, and I'll be wondering what the title was, <laughs> but uh, it was unintentional. But we thought, um, just so we don't get our angry letters from our millions of fans... <laughs> We'll start again. Have you heard about... What's it called now? This episode is called... This is our second take of the episode introduction. Excellent. Brilliant. And we're talking about Lulu Wang's film, The Farewell. Here is a synopsis that we found on the internet. Billy's family returns to China under the guise of a fake wedding to stealthily say goodbye to their beloved matriarch, the only person that doesn't know she only has a few weeks to live. Who wants to go first? I think you should go first. I should go first. You gave it a 10 out of 10, man. I did give it a 10 out of 10. Wow. It was a generous 10 and may have been a 10 in light of the lack of 10s this year. But You're reading on a curve. Yeah, I was nine and then as I was writing my review, I, I, I thought, you know what? I, I, I've i rarely, if ever, seen familial love this well depicted in, uh, in movies. And I also think it did a remarkable job of highlighting... Um, what was sort of lost in translation between these relationships, but also what was universal about family. Uh, and, you know, um, I think uh, they're sort of two opposing kind of... Uh, bananas. Uh, bananas. And uh, I think it's done a wonderful job at conveying both of them at the same time. Well, I think there's, it's a really interesting... So, th- so, this, so they decide to um, keep from this woman that... She has the diagnosis, but she's also participated in this same type of behavior in the past with her own husband who had a terminal diagnosis that she didn't reveal to him. And she's also in the opening scene where she's speaking to Aquafina's Billy in the U.S. She doesn't tell her that she's even in the hospital. So it's like this whole um, world of secretiveness that they've got going on for the benefit of the person who's being kept in the dark. But I think it's what I thought was interesting about the film is that it seems like any almost any individual person in the family that you take separately is kind of has this impression of well, why are we doing this? What does this really all mean? But there's this kind of monolithic thing called the family that they everyone believes wants to do it this way and keep this woman in the dark. And each individual person is kind of, you know, giving over to the, 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 the needs of the family, even though that's kind of an imaginary construct. But I think also the, the, the film did a, mark, a remarkable job at conveying uh, the, the, the personalities uh, and the energy of each of these family members while also uh, uh, using those energies and, and, and personalities to contribute to that family as a whole. And I think um, there were some scenes when all the families would be Focusing uh, when they were all like um, uh, at the f- uh, grave of the the grandfather, mm-hmm. and they're all in shot, and um, you could uh, s- look at each of them individually, and they'd all be doing something really subtle, not actively drawing attention to themselves, but if you did focus on any particular character, they would be conveying something uh, about what they're all about, uh, while, like you said, sort of uh, serving. Uh, the um, dynamic of the family as a whole. And I think uh, what I really 
found amazing about this movie was there was no wasted space. I think you can point to any scene in the movie or any moment or any character and um, sort of uh, uh, make a good, ar- good argument for why that was in the film. It's compact for sure. Um, I almost find that, though, that it doesn't produce an aha moment at the end, which is what's kind of what I kind of described it to somebody as the 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 kind of emotional crescendo of the film kind of slipped through my fingers a little okay, bit. Okay, so you were talking about how uh, the grandmother herself has engaged in deception with her ex-husband. Yes. Uh, and I feel like the aha moment was when uh, the car is driving away and the uh, nene yep. uh, visibly collapses in emotion. Yep. And I wondered if she'd realised what mm. was happening. She realised that was the last... They were gonna. She was gonna see of them. Mm. Um, so, I mean, this is all spoiler alert. We probably should have this earlier. And mm. I, I actually thought it, it lessened the impact of that moment, finding out that um, the Nene in real life had survived. Uh, but I think uh, um, what, what was crucial about her having done something similar to her own husband in the past was she uh, could arguably uh, recognise uh, the patterns of behaviour of the family around mm. her. And I think um, the crescendo for me was that moment when she collapsed in emotion because. Uh, it, it felt like she she knew. Uh, so almost, what she was, was almost yeah. playing a role of yeah. not knowing because that was what they had decided would totally. be best for her. Yeah. And so she might have figured it out somewhere along the way and decided to continue playing that role. Yeah. Who needs yeah. Blakey really? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I um I think like I di- I didn't think this film needed that aha moment at all because I think what this film was really really good at doing was um, potentially just like it it like. I love watching films where it, I, I'm not expecting the beats to hit at all the, the moments um, when you watch a lot of stuff and you know the structure. Uh, this is the moment where they should have the inciting incident. This is the moment where, you know, act one, turning point, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of the time it's like beat work. And so it's like, it's just... Well, this is such a gentle movie, isn't it? Well, it's, it's just gentle and, un- and, a, and unassuming. And you're right, it doesn't hit those beats. And what I found... Um, Particularly uh, uh, interesting about The Farewell is how gentle and slow it was, but it was always entertaining. I was never bored. Um, And it almost has this facade of uh, being a much duller film than it is. Well, it feels real. Mm. You know, I think think people, you know, like who have been in a family, like who are, everyone's been, you know, has their own family dynamic. It feels real. It feels authentic. And it's so, it's so in service to that that it's not necessarily trying to be a film. It's just telling the organic story that's happening of this family, and that's what was really quite nice and beautiful about it. One of the things that you said, Derek, I think was interesting was like the concept of everyone playing their role in the family to keep that secret. What I found really interesting is it's almost bigger than that because the other thing this film was tackling was it was more of an Eastern-Western thing because mm-hmm. in, this, in the start of the film when... Um, Nene's sister is the one who talks to the doctor I in my head was like well that's just a stupid thing that the movie's done because there's no way that in a western society that the doctor is not talking to the patient Yes. but and then when you talk to the doctor later on in the film you realise oh no this is just an eastern way of of life like it's not just their families decided to do this it's the doctor saying who can relate and be like it's quite traditional and a lot of people do that in the family and then that's the really interesting thing that the film does is you have 
a Chinese family who's grown up in America coming back to China and kind of butting heads a bit with their way of life in comparison yeah. to theirs. Excellent point. Which is really yeah. beautiful because it's like, it, you know, there's a, there, there's they're kind of lost because they don't fit in either world. Well, don't you think that immigration is almost the uh, most uh, powerful, um, uh, well, I, I, at least a very powerful avenue in which to explore um, both cultural gaps and universality because, you know, they're... they're um, the the people who experience both, and you know, you, you, you if you immigrate to another country, you really are uh, taking your old culture with you and bringing you on uh, and adopting a new culture. And I think uh, this film does uh, highlight the, the the stark differences between uh, you know the Chinese culture and the American culture, and also uh, by you know uh, uh, highlighting those differences, it highlights. Uh, Sort of the um, the dual nature of uh, of the, what was that Aquafina's character's name? Billy. Billy. Hmm. Uh, Billy's personality. I think uh, some of that yeah. could have been might have been intentionally blurred as well because I was having a hard time figuring out in her personal narrative what point her family had actually left China because clearly she speaks Chinese. Um, which also could be a function of her parents speaking it to her as she was growing up. But she has a very, very close relationship with her grandmother, which could have just flowered on the phone and on Skype and stuff. But but you kind of get the sense. And then she has that scene where she gets emotional about leaving China. But also she seems very Americanized in a lot of ways. And I think that could be because the actress is mm. American actress. Yeah. Um, by the way, I want to pause here to say that Aquafina, I think, is – Really turning out to be a fantastic actress. Oh, she's yeah. awesome. She's, and so yeah. the lady who played the the Nene, she's never been in anything. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. And I think the the movie really uh, uh, revolves around her being such a luminous presence, and you understand why these um, uh, uh, this family. I mean, obviously, any sort of matriarch of a family, you know, that is uh, um, uh, a family, a happy family, yeah. uh, people gravitate towards them, but. It, it, it's a her her screen presence is a nice shorthand at uh, helping us understand their love for this woman. Mm, sure, yeah. and yeah. I, I think and like I think what I I find really interesting as well is um, in in learning like I think uh, you know Crazy Rich Asians Asians opened the door and I'm I'm hoping which Aquafina was also in yeah which yeah. I'm hoping that we're gonna see lots and lots more of these films where um, it's kind of like you know in watching both this film and Crazy Rich Asians, I feel like I was being educated about other cultures. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to, because China and Hollywood are uh, collaborating a lot yeah, more nowadays. which is fantastic. Yeah. And so it's like, and like in this as well, like what I found really interesting is that like, um, whereas in Western society, maybe when, you know, people get too old, like Nene, nay, um, the hierarchy of the family changes. Whereas in this, it felt like Nene nay was still, she was the, she was the boss. Like she, she kind of, she was the one spending all the money on the wedding. She was the one calling all the shots. Everyone was over at her house. like. But even so, and they're also so fond of her, which I think is, I don't want to be too grim, but I feel like th- that there's some notion in w- w- more Western countries that when a person reaches a certain age, well, well, you know, mm. they haven't got much time left, you know. In, and not to get as upset about it when they're on well, their deathbed. Well, this is a specific situation. Like, I can speak for families uh, that I, you know, where the grandmother is, you know, 
very very much loved mm-hmm. and i think yes perhaps there is an element of when they uh, um uh with grandparents uh being ignored but this one's dying so yeah. uh, i you know there, there are families who i i can i can see being just as doting on their grandmother especially in a situation but like even this. like yeah. crazy rich asians and maybe that's slightly different cuz they were really rich but similar thing like it seemed like the 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 grandmother in that family was also like the head Mm. Of the family, whereas like maybe I feel like in Western cultures maybe there's more of a the put out to pasture. Yeah, yeah. there is like yeah, okay. there, there's yeah. more of a like okay, they kind of it feels a little bit like in Western society maybe they become a bit more. So you're saying that Asian cultures sort of need to catch up to us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I, I ship I, them out. I really I think it's fascinating and like the a really interesting thing I found with this film as well is that it's the, at the beginning of the film I probably had an I a particular thought of me thinking what they're doing is wrong, to me kind of coming around a lot in the film and kind of being like, well, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. Like, maybe, I don't know. Like, there was something, and I can't put my finger on what was sweet about it, but there was something sweet about this family taking that burden on for, for her. Um, but it surely, like the way when I was watching it, I would I was thinking surely the physical burden would eventually uh, catch up to catch her. up to her, mm. and she'd realize something was going on. Well, right. Mm. So if she yeah. wasn't seeking treatment, she'd she'd probably start to go downhill really quickly, and that would be it. You yeah. know. So yeah. I guess the idea is until that point she can live as yeah useful yeah. of a life as possible and as as a, uh, ignorantly blissful life as possible. Mm. Um, to your point, Blake, about the the sweetness and the mo- that moving aspect, the thing that really moved to me was the grandson, which I think was, which I believe was Billy's cousin. Um, yes. Oh, the one getting married? Getting married yeah. Yeah. to someone he'd been dating for three months who also agreed to this arrangement. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, 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 let's it, be clear, it was a fake wedding for our, for our listeners. It wasn't well, it was a fake wedding? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I, was, I, I don't know if it was it fake out. or not, but e- but even still, it was. it's quite a... Ah, I'd gotten the impression it was fake. It's quite a commitment regardless because... Oh, yeah. She had her... F- did she, she she had her family there, right, or did she not? Maybe she didn't. I don't think she did, Okay, no. so, that, but so, so, that, so then, then I start to say, well, how did they kind of keep the ruse um and maybe that the whole thing maybe the whole thing was just all the characters kind of winking at each other and saying this is we understand what we're doing here and we're all going to play our parts so this can be as nice as it can be but these people are still miserable so it's it's like they can't you know they can't hide the expression on their face when Mm -hmm. they're speaking to her and she's she can't be that thick that she just doesn't get it right like everyone's miserable why would everyone be miserable coming to visit for a wedding Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be so uh, it, it it raises a lot of questions, but I think the interpretation that they're all doing this kind of delicate dance that goes way back into tradition is a really interesting one because um, they're all it's all a politeness for the greater good, and it ultimately brings them all together to have this experience. Mm. And there's like yeah, the, and I I think. I don't even think half an hour is going to be enough talking about this film because even just talking about it with you guys, there's just like a a substance to this film that's really hard to articulate, like how it is that they've been able to pull this off. It's just this kind of this blob that just kind of works. And like aesthetically, I actually think it looks similar. Where I love that the way they shot this, it, yes. it kind of. Like, you know, the wedding at points looks really shit and grim and not very classy. 
but then it has this really beautiful heart I, yeah, and soul I, and I, to I it. I think that's where this movie strikes on uh, a really uh, touching depiction of familial love. And I think love is an incredibly hard thing to pull off well in films. In fact, it's like I could probably name, uh, you know, the films on one hand of like uh, in which I really bought love. And this is a specific brand of, you know, love, love of You're just families. heartless, John. And yeah, <laughs> possibly. Uh, and uh, I think when you're saying it was this kind of looked like this messy blob and the wedding looked shit, but, there, you know, there was real heart to it. I mean, you could say the same thing about like families because you put families together and these sort of disparate personalities, you know, uh, and potentially there's two brothers that if they met on the streets, they wouldn't work together. Uh, a mother and a son that if they didn't, you know, weren't, a mother and a son, uh, they wouldn't really uh, have a relationship. And yet somehow, uh, um, thrown together, the family works and they care about each other. And, love each other. and I think this film really struck that chord uh, well and it's a difficult chord to strike. Mm. Um, y- you know... Uh, yeah. You know what I think is the encapsulation of that thing that you're talking about right there? It's the scene that I'll call the That 70s Show scene. See if you know what I'm talking about. You know the the signature yeah, shot in that '70s show where they went around the table as they were all getting stoned, and you see you see each person straight on. That's what they do with that drinking game at the wedding. Yeah, I've never and, seen that definition. Uh, well, you're not missing much. It's a similar shot. <laughs> I'm surprised you, you know the you've scene that I'm it, talking Derek. about. And <laughs> I was alive in the '70s, so you know, um, <laughs> but it, it wasn't on then. So, uh, what year were you boarding it? '73. Whoa. Yeah. Shh. Shh. <laughs> don't don't fall over in shock. Um, no, so, so you were four when Star Wars came out. Yes, that's right. Wow. I, saw it th- I saw it in the cinema. That's oh. so good. <laughs> all right, so so then, so this shot where they're all having doing this drinking game, it, the camera goes from person to person to person. They're they are so different. They're so different from each other that they're all playing this game that they all know how to play. That has these kind of chicken flaps as part of the the the, the procedure for playing the game, and then you take a shot if you don't do something correctly. And I loved how the camera went around and looked at each person and said, these people are, are all in this family and they're all in this moment that they've all decided to drop you know, whatever baggage they're bringing in and whatever sadness they have about Nene and they're just enjoying themselves in this moment. And I think that straight-on camera is something that I think that Lulu Wang does a number of times throughout. I remember there's a shot where they're all walking and it kind of you kind of see them straight on, which is like the... Kind of like in the same perspective as the strut shot you get in a lot of films where yeah. characters are dressed up in a cool outfits and strutting to hip hop or something. But instead, it's the family just walking along, soldiering on, kind of in service of their grandmother. But do you know what I reckon that movie, that uh, scene uh, where it's going around the table and with the face on shot works? It's because there's other scenes like that one I mentioned before when they're um, standing at the grandfather's grave. And they're all doing their own thing. And I'm not saying like, you know, I'm trying to, there's a movie that's at the tip of my head where uh, they're all, they're all doing their own thing, but it's really subtle stuff. They're not, they're not drawing attention to their self, no. but they are behaving as you are beginning to understand who those characters are. They're behaving how those characters Well, their characters, behave. the actors yeah. have thought about them and thought yeah. about what they would do. Well, but they're I, like a symphony, really. They're all playing a different instrument. That yeah, but I think, I, think, I think it's this gradual development. So by the time it gets to that scene, mm. you've never been... The personality of these characters has never been rammed down your throat. It's been this subtle build-up. And then when you get to that scene, you really feel each of their reactions as they would behave mm. well i think one one um gimmick in fi- it's not a gimmick is not the right term one trope in films that, that always gets me is when a film gathers together the characters that you've met 
throughout at the end, like something like, you know, parenthood or something like that. Not to step on your top three, John. <laughs> um, but um, where where you see everybody come back and they're all together and you realize that you've gone on a journey with these people. And I think that scene accomplishes that. The camera gives each person a moment. You say, oh, there's the father. You know, there's this, there's the grandmother's sister. There's the, the young groom. There's the his his unwitting bride, you know, uh, they're all together in this moment. And I, that kind of thing works on me. Mm. The r- moment that really struck me in this film that I really loved was the moment where Billy r- is running to the hospital to, to try and stop mm. um, anyone finding out about the, that Nene's sick as well. That for me was beautiful because Billy, the whole film has been like, you know, the antagonist to their plan. Like, you know, thinking it's a bad idea and we've got to go against it and we shouldn't be doing this, yada, yada, yada. And then for her, this... And seemingly, there's no there's no big explanation moment of like, no, Billy, this is the right way of doing things and this is why... And in a way that we understand it, it's Director's just like... Cut. Yeah. But like that... Like it's just like... It's just a nice thing that's always present and this is what we want to do and we're the family and this is how we're sticking together... And then, yeah, and then she just decides to take it upon herself to go and save the day. And that was just really beautiful. And then, like, the other thing that I really liked about this film is, again, culturally, like, the classism of, like, you know, when she does reach that person and that person says, I don't know how to read. Mm. Like, for me, living in a Western society, it's like, that is such an incredible concept. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I am taken to a brand new world in this. And it's a world that's unique and different. And, like, I think similar to what you were saying is not having those moments at the end of the film. Like, they, it's just it's just an Eastern kind of film and proud of it. Top threes. Do you want to explain them, Derek? Uh, is there an explanation? Isn't it, is mo- it? movies about families? <laughs> well, you just explained <laughs> it. That is uh, – I can't believe we didn't narrow it down more than that because – now, I, I, I interpret it to mean movies where the dynamics of families are kind of pressed and – uh, um, and stress and stressed in certain ways, and so oh, yeah. um, I, I really actually wrote down a smattering of choices, and I just kind of s- circled three beforehand because you didn't have a highlighter, John. So I c- I couldn't highlight them on my notes. So uh, and I don't know what order I'm going to read them in, but I'm just I'll, I'll read them in the order that I wrote them here. Which is the first is like father, like son, which is Hirokazu Koreeda's film from 2013, I think. It's a, a high concept uh, about uh, a fam- families who have seven-year-old approximately boys who discover at that time that there was a mistake at the hospital and the two boys were switched. And so they've been raising each other's sons for seven years and the debate about whether to switch back to the correct parentage um, after they've uh, lived with them for this time and developed or not developed the, the proclivities of the parents and not shown the same intelligence levels or skills as the parents, et cetera. And it's a real interesting look at nature versus nurture and um, how, whether, you know, f- social family ties are stronger than blood ties. And it's just a terrific film. I hope you guys get a chance to see it. Cor- I've heard it's awesome. Yeah. You obviously Corietta directed uh, Shoplifters, yeah, which we both yeah. loved. And he's just a master. He's yeah. the modern Ozu. So I had to get one of his films in there. I also chose Tony Erdman. Um, because I thought it was a really interesting... But you gave that 10, didn't you? Yes, yeah. I love Tony Herman. Yeah. That was my number one film of a couple of years ago, and I thought it was a really interesting look at a father's attempt to breach the gap between himself and his daughter, who's a business workaholic, 
um, by donning a, a, a wig and a pair of false teeth and pretending to be a motivational speaker who comes to uh, infiltrate her life um, and uh, and force her into these awkward social scenarios. And it's a it's a it's a comedy, but it had a number of really moving moments about the bonds between a father and a daughter that um, aren't always what he, they hoped they would be. What are your thoughts um, on the American remake? I think it's not happening. Um, I don't know. Why isn't it? Well, Jack Nicholson was cast to play the role, but that was l- several years ago, and I don't think it's moved forward. He's but just disappeared, hasn't he? Well, he's well, he retired. 85, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he retired, and he came out of retirement for Tony, Tony Erdman. He's too, he's too old to play that role. Mm. He's Anyway. Um, but uh, And then my last choice was Boyhood. Um, just because of the way the, that you see that family over the course of 12 years and um, how it really is about those family ties and how those family ties change over that time and how um, the kids have two different stepfathers and they have their own father who starts his own other family and then they have the brother and sister relationship that develops and then the poor mother who's, who's um, <laughs> having to sacrifice all of her wants and needs to make the whole thing work and um, just the accumulation of that over two hours and 45 minutes is just really moving. Good ones. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so, yeah, my top three, my third one was The Virgin Suicides, um, which is a film that I just love. Um, again, it's similar to this film that we're talking about, Farewell, I think it just has this, like, unspoken fabric to it, um, and it's really hard to quite articulate what it is about it, but there there is just, like, a family bond and magic to it. Obviously, the... the in the Virgin Suicides, it's not you know a positive one, but there is just a real connection with the daughters in that film. That yeah, I only saw that and once. Even, yeah, and even on the really? outside as well. Yeah, huh. yeah. Not didn't like it or well, just, no, just I, uh, didn't didn't specifically like it, but um, but I, I would see it again, and I'd like yeah. to make some time for it because it's it's good. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting, and it's you know it's it's such a tricky subject matter, I think, and um, that's why I think it's interesting to talk about um in a really um considerate way and doing it in a way without being preachy is really important mm. uh my number two is paris texas uh, i was thinking about that movie today oh yeah i just i only watched that just recently and i i haven't so seen it yet so really good. i know I, well it's, it's on my I, list for i was ages. thinking about how i was uh, uh ashamed that i hadn't seen wings of desire yet mm. uh which i've been meaning to say uh, but yeah, sorry, go on, Blakey. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, Paris, Texas is an incredible film. Like, beginning meeting a complete stranger in the desert and then just following the journey that this character goes on and we go on with him and just understanding him and his family and, and it just, as the film goes, there's more and more layers. And that scene um, when with the mirror... Or maybe not the mirror, mm. but he's talking... Talking to, to, uh, to the Klaus cl- Kinski's daughter. Yeah, oh, is yeah. that really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like with like a kind of cool girl. Yeah. That Such a good scene. Isn't that it? is just oh. beautiful. Yeah. Like it yeah. is just incredibly and so poetic. Mm. Um, yeah, it's one of the best films I've seen in a long, long time when I just watched it recently. Uh, and number one is one that Jaza had been telling me to see for a very, very, Yow. very long time. And I, I knew you'd fucking it. like it. <laughs> uh, Parenthood. Um, yeah. yeah, it's an incredibly good film. Isn't um, it? Yeah, yeah. And it's I, I could have, I could have added, but I knew that one of you was going to bring <laughs> it up. I knew, I thought John would. I knew that. I remember that you hadn't seen it, but I'm glad that you have now. Yeah, um, yeah, and like, I really think Parenthood was ahead of its time, and I still think it is in a lot of ways. Like, even 
the way it tackles Steve Martin's kid's story, having anxiety, um, that's that's incredible. And like again, just handled a really tricky subject matter like the Virgin Suicides with such compassion and beauty. And yeah, it's the if moment. You haven't seen and I think we can all, all agree three, it's the most underrated movie of all time. The moment it's, between yeah, Jason underrated. Robards and his grandson at the end. Oh, oh yeah. All Forget the, all about the, it. Or the Keanu Reeves <laughs> license speech. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Number three, Ordinary People. Yes. Number two, Tokyo Story. You mentioned Ozu before. So Tokyo Story was on my short list also, but I didn't choose it. Yep. And number one is also Parenthood. Ew. Yeah. So Tokyo Story, yeah, Ozu constantly explored those family relationships and the duties to one another, which Ooh. I think is the most similar to um, farewell. what we get, yeah. we get in the farewell. Yeah. Speaking of the farewell, have you got any four farewell thoughts? Not that. Either of you. Uh, yeah, I believe in Aquafina. Okay, <laughs> I'd like to see this again, especially after talking to you guys about it. Um, yeah, and I yeah, I think it's great, and I agree with Jaws. I think the last bit um, in re- revealing what was happening to the real Nene just wasn't needed. Um, that's my only real qualm yeah, with the film, actually. Because I think that ending yeah. was so my d- farewell d- thought would be that ending where they're driving away and she collapses so uh, is so strong yeah. because. You, you know, the, you really start to question whether she knew and like, you know, uh, uh, so on and so forth. You know what I also yeah. loved, uh, speaking of the last shot of the film, and I don't even have an explanation for it. I just thought it was a perfect moment when Billy says, ha, and the birds fly out of the trees mm. and then you go to black. Well, that's yeah. actually it's like I didn't even under, I didn't really get what it was, mm. but it, it encapsulated something essential about the film and it left me on a wonderful note. Yeah. And that's the, sorry, I, I know we want to wrap up, but yeah, that was the other thing that we haven't really touched on in this film. Is it just the, the incredible? It really nailed what it feels like when you lose someone close to you, or you're going to lose someone close to you. Which just that grudge that is always ever present, and it was yeah. ever present in every scene in that film, and it's that is such an incredible feat. Um, and we're gonna leave it there. This has been. How do I finish episodes? It's been a while since we. I just say this, this, is, this has been a real podcast. podcast. <laughs> thank you, Blakey. Thank you, Rono. And thank you, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for more everything, go to realgood.com.au. That's real with two E's. I, I remember how I finished them. <laughs> Bye.